guess what? It's nine and a half weeks to Christmas. Now, no, I'm not saying that to talk about Christmas. It's going somewhere. Um, some of you, I know I talked to some of the youth, uh, or some of the people are going away soon. Um, some, some of the youth are counting down on the holidays. Uh, I know I spoke to at least one teacher last week. It's not weeks, they're counting days. Um, but the thing is, you count down to Christmas, you count down to holidays. Um, but the thing is, following Christmas is where I want to get today. We have the countdown to New Year. Now, the countdown to New Year usually starts at about 10 minutes to, new, to 12 o'clock. We don't really think about it too much before it gets there. Um, sometimes we, some people really look forward to a new year. Some people sort of dread a new year starting, like I suppose it depends on where you come from. Um, some of us want to have a different year to the one we've had. So if you've had an awful year or a year that's been really hard, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting next year. Maybe on that barrier we, we can sort of get to the point where next year is going to be better. But often at New Year we set resolutions, don't we? Um, some of you may have set the resolution not to make any more resolutions because we don't really stick to them as much. But for, for resolutions to stick in our lives, we need habits. We need to, and so for a resolution to work, we often either need to stop doing a bad habit or start doing a good habit. And But too often, our resolutions are quickly left by the wayside. And we all want good daily habits, um, but the problem is, not only do we fail to develop or have good habits, our lives actually get often filled with bad habits as well. I actually read this poster a couple of months ago and it said, I can't believe I missed the gym today. That makes five years in a row. <laughs> I don't think the habit of going to the gym was something that was very well practiced at that point in time. And see, frequently we, we learn to live with bad habits in our lives. And again, um, if you're not aware of your bad habits, feel free to ask someone. Um, maybe your wife, your husband, ask your kids, your kids ask your parents. Um, they will see them there if you can't. Most of the time we're probably aware of some of our bad habits, maybe not all of them. Um, but we actually learn to live with our bad habits because we don't see anything really changing. We don't want to change or we actually can feel trapped by our behaviour and we let that define who we are. And it's really important for where we're going today and over the next six weeks. Um, so how do we start breaking bad habits and start making good habits in our life? Um, and for some of you, because again, we start talking about habits, and, and I don't know about you, but if you ever go to something which is about professional or personal development, you kind of want the, what are the three simple steps? And I'll do those three simple steps, and so my life will all of a sudden be better. And we kind of want that with habits, but it doesn't work that way with habits. And it doesn't work that way with a lot of things, uh, in fact. And so it doesn't work that way, but there is hope and God's word is full of it. And so over the next six weeks, we're going to look at developing holy habits. Ha habits that will help us know who we are and follow God as he intends us to. And for that, we're going to use the acronym HABITS, H-A-B-I-T-S. And one of the biggest reasons people fail to keep good habits and break bad ones is because our distorted identity sabotages our success. Our distorted identity sabotages our success. And so this first letter um, of habits acronym, we're going to discover a better way of, to, make, um, to make good habits and break bad habits by looking at having a healthy identity. Romans 7.15 says, I don't really understand myself. 
for what I want to do, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. It's a really interesting verse. I don't really understand myself. And I think that's part of the issue is that we, we don't truly know who we are at times. Often when we're ready to start something new or get rid of a bad habit, we make a plan based on what we'll do. Instead, we actually need to start with goals based on who our God is and who we want to be. We need to get things in the right order. And so what we need to, when we're, when we're looking at developing holy habits, who before do? Who before do? That means we need to know who we are before we actually get into the practice of doing something. And for some of us it's going to be really hard because we go, what can I do right now to change this and everything will be right? And what I'm telling you, if you just get into the do, if you go, I'm just going to do some things, who you are will not change. And therefore, your habits won't stick and ultimately you'll go back to the habits that you don't want. Having a healthy identity helps us change by changing the why. For some of you, you may not like showing up to work. Maybe it's a job that you hate. Maybe you have a boss that you go, oh, I don't really want to work with them. Or maybe you got given, you get the job at work that everyone hates and you kind of, you put your hand up last or you fail to step back when everyone else, are, who, can someone step forward and everyone kind of takes a step back and you're standing at the front and, oh, yep, I've got to go clean out the, the pig pen. You go, oh, really? Me again? The thing is, sometimes we are in positions of, of we are in places where we go, and, you know what? I don't enjoy this and, and we actually build up that. But if we get to the point and ask the question, who am I? And we go, I'm a child of God and everything I do reflects how I love God. And so all of a sudden we can actually go to work or whatever task that is and actually give it brand new purpose because of who we are. For all the children out there, okay, so if you are 18 and below, you're in the firing line right now. You might be going, Mum and Dad are always on my back. Please don't nod because your parents will see you move your head. Okay? Just, just sort of think it in your head. Mum and Dad are always on my back about something. And you might want to insert the list here. This is a huge list. Mum and Dad are always... But knowing who you are gives you fresh motivation. You are a child of God. And God actually says we should honour Mum and Dad, not because they're always right. Okay? We don't honour mum and dad because they're always right, but because God asks us to. And I'm a child of God. I love God and I want to give God glory. And so I'm going to give, I have fresh motivation to do what mum and dad ask and be obedient, even when they seem to be insane. Why? Because God invites you to do that. Saying you're going to run a marathon is based on what you want to do. Saying that I am fearfully and wonderful made and by God's strength I want to become a runner is based on who God is and who you desire to become. This is an identity-based goal, and so we need to put who before do. To put it simply, Proverbs 23 says this, as someone thinks within himself, so he is. See, the problem is that, and again, I, I often I heard this phrase years ago, is that often even when it comes with our spiritual life, we try and work from the outside in. So some of us might have sinful attitudes and that actually develops into sinful practices. And so some of those sinful practices in our lives are just plain simple bad habits. 
but they come from somewhere inside of us. And so what we try and do, we try and change the outside and work in. But all the gunk is inside. Okay, all the gunk is inside. Like, if you had a, uh, um, a watermelon or a pumpkin or any kind of fruit that looks nice on the outside but was rotten in the inside, would you be okay with that? No, you wouldn't be. It's like, I remember years ago, I, uh, when we were, Elizabeth and I were first married, I was studying late one night and I hear this noise in the wall, this painted wall looked nice and smooth and I hear this noise and as I looked a bit closer, it appeared to be bubbling on the wall and I pushed my finger through and there was no timber behind where I pushed and these little insects were crawling around quite happy. The thing is, to my eyes it looked fine, but the termites had got in and gone, yeah, this is great, we're happy to live in here. If we don't deal with the inside, the outside will not take that long-term effect. So who before do? To actually get to, I suppose, the truth about who we are, what we need to address is, what lies do I believe about myself? What lies do you believe about yourself? And the thing is, the struggle with this is that often we don't even know the lies that we, we basically take wholeheartedly in. Uh, we, see, we often will talk to our young people going, you need to believe in yourself, you need to have self-esteem and all this, all this other things that we do. But even as adults, we actually believe a lot of lies about ourselves. Romans 7.24 starts off says, Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will set me free from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And I think for some of us, we can actually get to a point that we feel miserable, miserable about who we are and what we have done. And I'm never going to change. I'm not, nothing's going to work. This is not going to happen. I can't get any better. God is going to take me as I am. Now, again, basically saying that this is what you're truly saying is that your sin is bigger than your God. Because God says, I want to change you. I want to transform you. My gracious power, my, my sacrifice on the cross was enough to do that. You're saying, no, it wasn't. God, you don't know my sin. It's really big. It's really bad. You can only get a little bit clean. And so I'm, ha I'm going to live with it. Now, that's a lie you're telling yourself because our God is big. Our God is great. We just sung those songs, Amazing Grace. It doesn't, we don't sing the song Adequate Grace or Just Enough Grace. We sing about amazing grace that covers our multitude of sin in our life. And so if we get to the point that says, you know what, God, I can't get any better. I can't change. You are believing a lie. A lie about yourself and a lie about who God is. We always say, I'm always going to be this way. I never need to change. And that is an identity-based fear that needs to be um, addressed with truth that we, like we find in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. God says we shouldn't be facing, like the, I suppose, the challenges that even they get put in front of us as individuals with fear, but actually facing it with the confidence that God gives us. Many bad habits are, are there to cover or cope with something unhealthy in our identity, in who we are. And so the next bit of freedom actually comes from when we start digging into past hurts, lives we've believed, unforgiveness, mistakes and life situations that may have been brought 
I have, may have brought you to believe in a version of yourself that may not be who God made you to be. And so as you discover the lies about who you are, you want to replace them with God's truth from his word. Uh, Dr. Dr. Caroline Leaf um, says in her book, Switch on Your Brain, as we, think, as we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. And as we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. This is a Christian um, psychologist, I believe, and done a lot of work about how we think. And so basically saying, when we think in a certain way about ourselves, especially in negative ways and, and, and unbelief and, and, and a lack of faith and, and just willingly sort of going, I'm going to accept the sin in my life, it actually programs, it physically changes our brain. It physically does that. But the opposite is always also true. When we actually think on the truth that God's word has for us, it actually changes our brain that we remove and we can wire out the toxic patterns of thinking in our lives. Who would like less sort of negative thoughts running through their minds at times? The things where you self-doubt fill you up and, and even sometimes walking out the front door going, the world's too big today, I can't face it. And there's an opportunity that God's word has to change us. A healthy identity based on what God says about you is the foundation for breaking bad habits and making good ones. Greg Grisella often says, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And so over the next six weeks, we are going to be talking about some things to do. But you can't jump this step of knowing who you are in God. You can't jump it. Another question I have for you. Do my habits reinforce an identity that is not holy? Romans 6, 6-7 says, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. I'm not sure about you. Sometimes we can read scripture and go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. There are some powerful words in that verse. There are some powerful truths in that verse. Who we were, our old sinful selves, were crucified with Christ. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I haven't been crucified recently in any formal way, like um, um, maybe metaphorically at home, I'll get in trouble for doing something, but it's quite not that bad. But when you are crucified, it's not something you come back from. So when God says, I want to crucify your old self, it's not something that we go, oh, I'm going to fall back into it, I'm going to continue in it, and I'm going to live this way forever. It says God wants to remove that from your life totally. Because sin, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. So sin might lose its power. I'm not sure about you, but there are days that sometimes I walk freely into sin. It's not like something, oh, oops, I basically go looking for trouble. Again, it may, you, that may not be you and I may be the unholiest person in the church, but there are times that I just, I kind of, I don't veer away from it. Like, it's like the lights are coming towards me and it's going to keep going and I'm going to play chicken with sin. And sin will damage us. But here, Romans is saying so clearly that God doesn't want that to happen. He wants us to have power over sin by the power of Christ. For when we die with Christ, we are set free from the power of sin. 
So don't let habits trap you and control you. Don't let habits be something that will define who you are. Um, I actually read this quote uh, this week on, on someone's Facebook page. Whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. I was brilliant when I read it because it fitted in really well with this morning. But whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. Now again, you may not be changing things that are good. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to the gym every two and a half years. I'm actually better than that guy's going to be going every five years. You might be doing something that is good in your life and you, you're not changing that, you are choosing that. But the same thing, when we choose not to read our Bible, when we choose not to come to church, when we choose not to follow God, when we choose not to pray and ask Him His will for our lives, when we choose that, when, when we don't change those patterns, we are choosing the outcomes that will happen there. Our bad habits are often ways which we cope with things on a deeper level. And so we need to dig deeper enough, not only to replace the old habitual behaviour, but also to address whatever identity issues the old habit is trying to solve or soothe. Are you doing something and you kind of go, oh, this is not good for me. I'm working too long. I'm, I'm, I'm always I'm struggling in my family. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find purpose. I'm, all the things I'm doing don't make sense. You might need to step back and say, God, why am I doing this? Why, what am I looking for in this that is not being met? And again, if you come to God, God is going to be honest enough to sort of start working that through for you. There may be a real need for you to address that the habit you have will never fulfil it, but God has got a way of doing that. So just to give you some, uh, probably more than a few, but a few takeaways for that. What can you do today? If we're looking at developing a healthy identity and letting that be the first step of, of developing holy habits, what can we do today? We'll start with this principle. Starting over now. Keep that phrase in your head. Starting over now. Because one of the things is that as human beings, we, we do fail. I fail. Um, um, my wife fails occasionally, not, not as much as me. Like, just, just saying, she's real. Like, um, but the thing is, we all fail. But we don't live in failure. Or we don't need to live in failure. I think often we actually take that as a, as a truth. We need to live in failure because we failed. No, we do fail. Um, we all have habits and some propel us towards positive outcomes and others do the exact opposite. And our bad habits get so much of our focus at times because they're bad. And we do need to eradicate them from our lives. And the thing is, as we try and replace a bad habit with a good one, and then we slip up, and it could be something like, it could be going to the gym, it could be reading your Bible, it could be eating more healthy, it could be not gossiping. And then two days in, I've got, got gossiped, I've eaten chocolate at the gym. Not all in one day. And all of a sudden we get to the point of going, well, oh, I'm just going to give up and I'm not going to try and change again. Starting over now, I'm going to keep reinforcing this good habit. Starting over now. Lamentations 3, 22, 23 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed by, but for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. If God's mercy for us is new every morning, when we fail we should at least receive that mercy. When we slip up, 
receive that mercy and say, starting over now, I'm going to keep going with this habit. I've, I've done my devotion for three days straight and then I've forgotten for three days. Starting over now, I'm going to keep going. I've, I've, I've taken on the habit of, of doing this or that or the other thing. Whatever those things are that what you want to do to help you pursue who God is and, and know what he has for you, don't let a slip up stop you from doing it. Starting over now. Um, let's replace I'll never change because that's often what happens when we fail. We go, oh, I knew it, I'll never change. I'll, I'll, I'll never be good enough. I'll never, I'll never change who I am. Change that phrase with starting over now. Okay. Secondly, guard your heart and mind. Guard your heart and mind. Um, a few words I wanted to throw in when we look at guarding our, our, our heart and mind. Be protective of your heart and mind. Be alert with your heart and mind. Be ready to fend. Because when you say be on guard, like, um, like again... It's, it's a very active thing that you do. It's not passive. Like, um, even when you look at Israel, when they set up a watchman, they would be actively looking for problems. They wouldn't be like, oh, hopefully I see anyone that walks in the door, but I'm just going to snooze for a little bit. They would be at attention. They would be alert. They would be ready to defend. That's what it talks about when we guard our hearts and mind. And sometimes we actually have some really lazy habits when it comes to protecting our hearts and guarding our minds. We let things hurt us that maybe shouldn't have got through. We let, we let our mind wander on the things that maybe we shouldn't be thinking of. And we need to protect and be alert. Um, we need to be ready to defend who God says you are and to fight against anything that would damage that. Are you willing to sort of stand against anything that would damage your identity in Christ? Because sometimes we are willing to let so much into our lives. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. There's no messing around in that verse. There's no like, oh, let's just be nice about this. Let, let us demolish the arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ. When you feel that you're not forgiven, that is a lie. You take that captive, you demolish that thought. When you think you have no value, you demolish that thought because God has given you value because he is your creator. When you think you can't change, God says he can transform anyone by his grace. Demolish those and take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We need to guard our hearts and mind. Also to develop our identity, we need presence. And I don't mean gifts. Um, again, I'm not getting back to Christmas yet. I'm talking about presence with a CE. We need to actually take time to be with the one who's made us. You don't understand who you are unless God is able to speak into your life. It doesn't happen any other way. And so it happens, we can practice these habits, we can develop something through Bible reading. We can actually take the habit of getting into God's word and through that we can discover more and more of who we are. I'm not sure about you, I was really impacted, even just this morning as I was listening to some, um, uh, reading some things, I was, as I was preparing this morning, I kept on reading other Bible verses and going, oh that's really good for this morning, I'm going, where do I fit this in? So luckily you know I've, I've cut out about three pages of, of what I was doing. Because you know why, the Bible is full of stuff that actually speaks his truth to us. It speaks of his value of who 
we are to him. It speaks of his great love, his great mercy. It shows the extent he has gone to us so that we can be in relationship with him. And yet we are lazy at times when it comes to getting into discovering our truth from him. We are lazy. God has actually made it so available to us and yet we kind of go, I'll get to it tomorrow. If you want to know who you are, you need to practice presence. You need to get into God's word. Worship. I, I was blown away this morning. I, was just, I, I had a playlist playing while I was um, preparing this morning. And oh, this God just worked in, in great ways. I want to share a few lyrics this morning that um, just came up. There was a song uh, called, and again, feel free to listen to some of these. They really speak to the identity that we have. Um, no Longer Slaves um, is a song by um, Bethel Music. And it, it says, um, I'm no longer a slave to fear. We've read that in Timothy. I am a child of God. Um, verse 2 says, For I, from my mother's womb you have chosen me. Love has called my name and I've been born again into a family. And then it comes into this really powerful bridge. It says, You split the sea so I could walk right through it. You drowned my fears in perfect love. You rescued me and I will stand and sing, I am a child of God. Yes, I am a child of God. It was just declaring God's truth. So that was one song I heard this morning. Um, last week we were singing a song called Do It Again and we, we've sung it a few times. And again, it came to me this morning because your promise still stands great as your faithfulness. I am still in your hands. I am still a work in progress and this is my confidence you have never failed me yet. God is not in the habit of failing us. So as I was listening to worship, as I was engaging in who God was, I'm reminded again that God is not going to let me down. I'm not done there yet. And we're going to be singing a song a little bit, Who You Say I Am. Um, it says, Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. Are you getting the truth of this? When we come to worshiping God, God will declare who He is and who, by default who we are. And I, I find it difficult when I am truly worshipping God, whether it's in prayer, whether it's admiring creation, whether I'm sort of being thankful for what God has done for me, whether I'm standing here in worship and, and sort of really engaging with what God is saying to me, to sit back and go, oh, wow, God, you're, you're okay. I, I can't have okay moments with God and truly be worshipping Him. But the beauty of it, when I worship God, I feel so much better about myself. And so we need to practice this idea of presence through worship. We have a number of small groups running through the church. Again, those times are deliberate times where we intentionally get together to grow together with God. That's what they're for. Now, sometimes we don't always gather. Sometimes we, we may, not, may not work, but that is the purpose of doing it. And so... If you need some time during the week to go, you know what, I need to be challenged in my faith. I need to be growing with other people. Find a group that you can be a part of. This is where church becomes so important. It becomes a time where we gather together for the purpose of glorifying God. And again, as we do that, we are encouraged. I don't know about you, but last week was a fantastic time as we shared testimonies of what God had been doing. Fantastic time to be able to do that. But also then... Like, it was just great to be able to catch up with people one-on-one, -on -one, even before that, as they were encouraged and, and, and about what God has been doing in their life. All of a sudden, my God gets bigger. My God, because it's our God, is bigger. And I am more encouraged in doing that. 
I practice presence in my own time when I come before God. And I, the problem is this. If you don't deliberately take time to know who God says you are, the world will quickly fill up that space. You know what I'm saying? If you do not let God speak into your life, the world will not shut up about it. The world will define who you are. It will say you're only important if this is happening. You have this, or you have to work like this, or you have to be successful. You need to have this much popularity. You need to buy the latest gadgets. The world will speak lies into your life if you do not listen to the truth of God. See, the world is under the dominion of the devil, and when it comes to defining who you are, it will lie. It will tell you half-truths. It will tell you absolutely no truth. And so if you are not filling yourself up with God's truth, you're in, problem, you're in trouble. And that's our last point for the day. Fill yourself up with God's truth. As, as God's truth becomes our, our reality, we get to a point where we start to see what God sees as important. I know I've shared with some people this year of, of struggles they've gone through where all of a sudden the things that they thought were important are not as important as they thought and, and God has actually been shaping that and moulding that. And I want to share a list of, of um, positive affirmations for anyone who's in Christ. Now I'm going to rush through this list. If you want a copy of it, let me know and I can give it to you. Um, I am strong and mighty. I have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of me. I am not my past. I am not what I did. I am who God says I am. He says I am forgiven. He says I am redeemed. He says I am free. I have the mind of Christ directing my thoughts and I have the word of God guiding my steps. I demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and I take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Worry is not my master. I trust in God. His peace guards my heart and guards my mind and guards my soul in Christ Jesus. My God has not given me a spirit of fear but a spirit of power, of love and a sound mind. The Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. I'm not a slave to my habits. I'm not a prisoner to addiction. I have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. I am empowered. I am chosen. I am called. I'm a masterpiece of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for me to do. My God will bless me abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all I need, I'll abound in every good work. My God is for me. My God is with me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Nothing can separate me from God's love. I'm not what I have or buy. My identity is in Christ and Christ alone. By God's power I can change. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me and my life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice and he will lead me to his perfect will. And finally... My confidence is in Christ and in Christ alone because his spirit lives within me and I can do everything he calls me to do. A lot of those statements are paraphrases of what the Bible tells us. They are God's truth for us. Now, imagine you read those every day as you woke up. That became a sort of a bit of a guide for you to go, you know what, this is what my day is going to be like. These things are true for me and I will not let the lies of the world find me as something different. 
Because that was, that's the thing. Like As we look at this passage in Romans and as we, we see some of these verses that were shared, basically the truth is, is that as we, Paul was at a point where he was truly struggling or had been at a point. He's describing a point where he was struggling. I want to do what is right, but I'm not doing it. But in the end, he said, there is hope. There is hope. In, seven, in Romans 7.25, after he says, Who will free me from this body of sin and death? He says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. He actually goes on further because, you know what? Paul's like he's writing a letter. He doesn't just stop at the end of chapter 7. It's, he's continuing his thought process. Chapter 8, 1 and 2 picks up straight away and says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. If you are trapped in habits that are leading you to sin against God, if you are trapped by attitudes and identity issues that are causing you to not walk faithfully with God, there is hope. God wants to say, this is who you are meant to be, and by my help, by my grace, by my power, it is possible. There is hope. And so as we look at developing holy habits in our life, the first point for us is a healthy identity to give us reason for the changes that we are going to make and actually rely on the power that we need to make them. I just want to close up by praying and, um, and, um, and as we just, again, as we sing this last song this morning, I, I just pray that you are challenged by who God says you want to be. Lord, we want to thank you that uh, you are a God who can do what he says he can do. I pray that we will be people that accept your truth about who we are. I pray that we are people that will accept your grace and mercy for our lives. I pray that we would trust in your power. I pray that we would let you into our lives and we would fill ourselves with your truth and your power and that would then go on to change what we do. Lord, I pray that we would be a, a church, that we'd be individuals who are part of the kingdom of God who, is de who are defined by you. And Lord, today I, I pray that if you can identify habits in our lives that are coming from a place within us that is because we have believed the lie, help us to replace it with your truth. Help us to replace it with your hope and know that you can bring about the changes that you want in our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen.